and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Looking at highlights in the book of Acts in a series called Sent, today I want to talk about what it means to be a gracist. And uh, I got to confess, I'm a little nervous just having a principal in the audience because I got a couple of notifications when I was younger. And I'm, that's a different story. And that's between me and my mom and dad and God, okay? So nobody else gets to hear about those, uh, those stories. Let's take a look at this text. Uh, six verses, actually, we're going to look at today. Uh, one verse is, the first verse is kind of a buzzkill. And then the last six verses are actually very hopeful, okay? And I'm also really pleased about the connection with the story and our story with Kramer Middle School, and I'm so glad, Michael, that you're here, because it's a really cool connection in the way this story works itself out, okay? So Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, maybe 7. In those days, and this is a great line, it starts out really, really happy, okay? In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, in other words, the movement was, was, was spreading, and we're going to come back to this next week, by, this way, by the way, this whole notion of a movement of the realm of God, of kindness, of distribution, of unconditional love is spreading. Uh, the Hellenistic Jews, now here comes kind of the buzzkill, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. Oh boy. Because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. I'll explain that a little bit later. So the 12, they immediately go into problem-solving mode. This is the, uh, their session of the day. So the session called an emergency meeting. The 12 gathered all the disciples together, and they had a little powwow. They had a session retreat for a couple of days and said this, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Now that sounds harsh, but they're problem-solving. Brothers and sisters, choose seven people from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and, and wisdom. We'll turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. So see, the structure is growing with the ministry. This proposal pleased the whole group. Kind of if I had a highlighter right now, you know, highlight it. The whole group, oh, they were pleased. Yes, this is very good. All in favor? Aye. Right? So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip. Okay, here we go. Prochorus. Nicanor. These are common names that we all name our children. Timon. Parmenas. And Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. The reading of God's Word this day. So this is a, this is a great story from kind of crummy news to really good news, right? Now, anytime a movement takes off and there's a lot of success, inevitably something's going to happen. So there's this, this moment of turmoil, this moment of chaos, there's this moment of, oh no, there's this moment of, wait, what's happening? And in times of this kind of chaos and stress, it's interesting because 
the leadership was able to say, wait a minute, time out. Let's gather together and have a session meeting. And let's recognize that simplicity may bring clarity in this situation. And ultimately, transformation. That's what's happening in this story. Simplicity brings clarity. Now, uh, a number of months ago, I, I know I mentioned, I think I mentioned this story to you about 22 years ago. I was a pastor in Minneapolis, Richfield, Minnesota, and one of the young kids in our youth ministry at the time, uh, who was a great young gal, Amanda, called and said, I'm getting married to a young guy named Peter. Uh, will you marry us? Sure, yeah, no problem. And uh, so married him. It's one of the cooler weddings I've ever been a part of, and I can remember talking with Peter and Amanda about what they're going to do after they're married. Oh yeah, we're, we're leaving, we're going to California, we're going to be, we're going to be a part of this small startup animation company called Pixar, and we're going to work for a guy that nobody's ever heard of before, his name is Steve Jobs. So Peter and Amanda move to the West Coast, and they work at Pixar, and uh, Peter then later on becomes a chief animator at Pixar, he's, that's his position today. And he's won Oscars for Up, so he's the guy that did Up, Monsters, Inc., Toy Story, and Inside Out, just to name a few, right? So a delightful uh, continuation of this story, about a year ago right now, out of the blue, I get an email from a young guy saying, um, by the way, he started it out, Dear Reverend Doctor, well, whatever that guy wanted, I'm giving him right now. I'm just, I am just, whatever that guy needs, how much money are you going to, you got it. Anyway, he said, you, I don't know if you remember or not, but a number of years ago you married my mom and dad, and I'm, in, I'm engaged right now, and I'd like you to marry us if you're still practicing ministry. I said, this is, you're kidding me. This is, this is Peter and Amanda's son. What a thrill, right? So, uh, sure, let's do it. Fast forward to the rehearsal night, standing there with Peter, who's now really famous, more than I'll ever be. And I said, hey, I got, you know, we were just shooting the breeze, and I said, what is it about Pixar that makes it so successful? I said, besides the fact that it's so attentive to detail. He said, you know what we try to do? We just try to ask very simple questions questions and then answer them like what if toys could talk like what if your emotions were people inside of your head like what would you be willing to do to do the one thing you've always wanted to do and we answer the questions as creatively as we can. We ask simple questions because in the simplicity, in times of stress, brings clarity. That's what's happening in this text. Have you ever seen that TV show with Marie Kondo? It's real famous. You ever seen that? You ever seen Marie Kondo on TV? She helps you unclutter, declutter. It's, it's for those folks of us who, how do I say this nicely? Like to hang on to everything and not get rid of anything. 
for an entire lifetime, a.k.a. hoarders. She's got a TV show called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And Don and I, we heard about this thing, and we watched this show a couple times. Fascinating. Fascinating what she does. It's almost a sacrament for her. She says, here's what I want you to do. Take all your clothes out of your closet and make one big pile. She's an Asian gal, and she's more Buddhist than anything else, so it's, it's, it's very calming. <sighs> I'm going to declutter. I'm going to simplify. Because in simplification brings clarity. And she asks you in the show, it's almost like going to church. It's this strange sensation. She gets down on her knees in front of this pile and pile and pile of clothing. And she says, hold the clothing in your hand and lift it up in the air and ask it a question. Stop it. It works. This works. I've done it. Okay? Does this still bring me joy? If yes, you keep it. If no, you thank it for the joy that it once gave you. And get rid of that sucker. <laughs> Simplicity brings clarity in times of stress. Now, one more example, and then I'm going get, to get right to it. Um, how many of you have ever heard of a guy named Mark, Mark Zuckerberg? Okay, so Mark Zuckerberg, this is fascinating. If you were to Google Mark Zuckerberg, more often than not, unless he's wearing a suit and appearing in front of Congress, he's wearing one kind of shirt. He's wearing a gray t-shirt. He's wearing a gray t-shirt. I can just see this guy, closet filled with gray t-shirts. And you know why he does it? He just has multiple versions of that one gray t-shirt. I mean, here's a guy that has the means to buy any kind of shirt he wants. Shoot, this guy could buy any kind of sh shirt store that he would want to buy, right? Here's what he said. I wear gray, plain gray t-shirts on purpose because I really want to be clear in my life so that I have to make as few decisions as possible about anything except how to serve the community. Now, regardless of what you think about him and his product, simplicity brings clarity in times of stress. Our biblical story today is a time of stress. And the wisdom of the leadership is all about simplicity in the times of stress because that will bring clarity. Now, I need to unpack the story a little bit, but I want to make a blanket statement. We can be simple gracists in a world of us versus them. The complexity is a world of us versus them. The simplicity is 
an anecdote. Gracism. Two reasons. Ready? First reason. First reason we can simply be gracist in an us versus them world is because being sent can easily go up in flames. When things are going great, things can go wrong really fast. And I don't know how many times you've probably said in your mind, I did not see that coming. Man, I did not see that coming. That came out of nowhere. But it's true in our story. The movement is progressing. People were being added daily to their number. And uh uh-oh, internal turmoil. Greek-speaking Hebrew widows felt discriminated against and shorted in the daily distribution of food. In other words, the Jewish widows, the church people widows, were getting served before those that didn't have as much in the community. A little bit of chaos. Small amount of stress. And the movement is in a moment of peril. I mean, any movement can blow up even in the smallest time of stress. Because there was an us versus them mentality. There was an internal versus external struggle based on preference. Yet gracists define their core issues honestly based on Scripture and Jesus' teaching and not on anyone or anything else. So being a simple gracist can happen when we go. But we have to be careful because a movement can go up in flames pretty fast. That's the negative part of the story. I'm turning it now because the text turns it fast. Notice how the movement was enhanced by the wisdom of the followers. Being sent can also be enhanced when there's moments of stress. Because gracists work towards a consensus and common unity based on the teachings of Christ and not on any other ideology, Jesus Himself says this, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must also love one another. And not just in a room, but across the street. And all people, all people will know that you are My disciples if you love one another. You know, we got some cards today that's the result of all people knowing that this church may not be the biggest church in town in terms of numbers, but this church has one of the biggest hearts in town because we're gracists in a world of bombastic hype. We choose to live a countercultural way of being in the world that ensures not just a widow, but a kid. A kid has the same opportunities as everybody else. And you got to love the text. The decision pleased everyone. Right? Wow. 
Have you been in a room recently where everybody was pleased? Are you stinking kidding me? But I'm just reading the text. It says, this decision pleased everyone. Pastors, parishioners, principals, oh my gosh, pupils. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And so now there are elders and there are deacons so that the ministry and the movement can go forward. And it's not a hierarchy, friends. It's not like ruling elders rule with the head and deacons rule and lead with the heart. I fundamentally reject that notion because it feels judgy. There's one body that leads as the head and the heart and the hands and the feet and the arms and the legs and the toes and the nose all work together. Simplicity of all working together so that no one is overlooked breeds clarity and most importantly, transformed lives. Transformed lives. Big idea. Big idea. Gracists, which is, I hope, who we are in a world of radical discrimination. Gracism addresses discriminatory practices across the board. That kind of clarity is bred by simplicity. You know, uh, the last couple of days, uh, your elders and deacons met over in Trinity Center, rolled up their sleeves, and they, they spent some time doing something that's really difficult to do, which is uh, taking off their own ideas and opinions, represented by my glasses. And we had a chair in the middle of the room. I'll say more about this later, but we had a chair in the middle of the room with a white cloth on it and a size 13 or 23 Birkenstocks, can't remember. And we all, we all wrote on our own glasses what we thought God wanted us to be about. And then we all took them off and laid them at the feet of Christ, represented by a chair with a white cloth on it and a size bigger shoes than I got, Birkenstocks. And then we all picked up a gold set of glasses. This was remarkably more comfortable than you might think. Symbolizing not what I think needs to happen here, but asking Jesus, Jesus, what do you think needs to happen here? We unegoed, we unselfed, we unhyped and opinionated ourselves. We untwittered our, our statuses and our bombastic, individualized notions. And we just said no to that. And we said yes to being sent 
with 2020 vision, seeking to see through the eyes of Jesus Christ. in a way that no one's overlooked right across the street. Now, I don't know about you, but man, is that an inspiring message in 2020. Make no mistake about it, this message moves from hype to the softer tones of hope. Simplicity brings clarity. Make no mistake about it, this text, this problem-solving, is a message that moves from discrimination to distribution. And we've heard a powerful story of how not just kids, but even administrators' lives are impacted when we're able to see through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it, the message of this text is a move from racism to gracism. Make no mistake about it, this text is about being gracist. Make no mistake about it. This text is about being a gracist. In a world that so often isn't anything but that. So Michael, I'm going to single you out because you're here. We're here, man. We need you, and I, I got a feeling you need us. How can we help? Tell us how we can help. We're here. We're not the biggest church. We got a pretty big, doggone big heart. And we want you to be encouraged and your staff to be encouraged. Will you take that message back on our behalf? Because you know what? The hype of the world is pretty negative, but the softer tones of goodness, it's alive. If we got eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen? Let's pray. And I'm going to pray. I, I hope you're not offended, but can I pray for you? All right, man, let's do it. How do I look at my glasses? Can you still take me seriously, or should I remove them for prayer? <laughs> Loving and holy God, man, what, a, what an inspiring charge to be gracious when the temptation is to Favor. Favor persons. Favor money. Favor, just favor. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit of God moves in and drives the tent pegs of discipleship deep, 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 so deep. Deep like water that travels to the lowest places and gathers and, and refreshes and restores is that the playing field is level because in, in and through the eyes of Jesus Christ, we are all God's kids. Every single one of us. Thanks be to God, in whose strong name we pray.